0: April showers, Uh, what now? It's May, Will, um, and spring has sprung in Nova Scotia.
1: Oh, big time. We're we're, we're talking, this is May flowers territory.
0: We are firmly in the realm of May flowers, and I could not be happier about it. Um, The, you know, people talk about this seasonal affective disorder, or whatever it's called, with your, your glow lights and your, you know curtains letting more light in Mm -hmm. and i'll tell you sometimes you get outside on a nice day and it feels like you uh just took some sort of stimulant how good of a mood it puts me in uh so yeah i for one am welcoming the springtime here in nova scotia beautiful nova scotia with open arms
1: yeah it's an awful truth of human existence that like actually (laughs) getting outside no the getting outside and like being in nature and soaking up the vitamin D from the sun is actually good for you. Oh, yeah. so you can't just stay oh, yeah. inside all day and watch Arthur.
0: No, you can't do that. I thought you were going to just say that it's awful that you know people get depressed by the weather, and I was like, don't tell that to the folks in poor Tromso, where it's like night all day or whatever. It's like night for six months or what have you.
1: No, I I, I mean I think it just depends on. <laughs> Uh, d- depends on how you look at it. I don't know the exact science behind sad seasonal affective disorder, but mm-hmm. it—I uh, mean—I I think it's it-, it can be at least chalked up to perception in some ways. So mm-hmm. with a more with a more bright atmosphere, then it can be easier to look on the bright side of things. Why all
0: those people out in California are all freaks? Will <laughs> just because it's sunny all the time and they have nothing to measure it against, where here in beautiful Nova Scotia, we're able to. Appreciate the spring all the more because we get like six months of winter.
1: As everybody knows, it's always sunny in California. And on a sunny evening, we are recording this new episode of Elwood City Limits, the episodic Arthur podcast. Will Young here along with my co-host, Lucas Mancini. Uh, What makes me very sunny whenever we record these is when we have emails from our listeners at elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. And we have one email before we get started with the Arthur episode we're going to talk about. So allow me to read that to you. This one is from Oscar Vest, who is one of our newer patrons. Thank you, Oscar. Hey there, hope y'all are doing well. I'm a new listener to the podcast and it's quickly become one of my favorites. Arthur was one of my favorite shows as a kid. And I'll still watch on the occasions I have access to PBS. I wanted to reach out to say thank you. I suffer from anxiety and depression, and recently had a moderate flare-up. Since my usual true crime podcast would have only made the situation worse, I decided to turn on ECL while I tried to literally walk off my episode. Hearing your coverage of some of my favorite episodes helped to keep me sane, and more importantly, safe, and I'm starting to move out of the episode. Your work has more of an impact than you'll ever know, and it really is an achievement to be proud of. So, Oscar continues from here, but... Thank you very much. We've gotten some really wonderful correspondence in the nearly seven years we've been doing this uh, this show and receiving those emails and reading them out here for the both of us to hear um, means a lot to the both of us.
0: Absolutely. And it also is just another reason for I know personally, well, I always pride ourselves on keeping it clean and light here on Elwood City Limits, because, you know, there's a time and place for those murder podcasts, you know, some other podcasts sure. here in town. There's there's a bunch of, uh, let's. I, I would call the blue podcast, maybe some podcast about getting drunk or whatever. There's lots of times and places for all of that stuff. But here at Elwood City Limits, we pride ourselves on being family friendly and light all the time. Uh, so I'm glad this particular listener appreciated um, kind of the vibe that we bring.
1: There's a point here that Oscar makes that I will piggyback on. I'm not sure if you'll see this in time, but if you wouldn't mind, since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, it would mean a lot mm. as both a sufferer of mental illness and a former psychology student, if you could advise that if anyone else is struggling, anyone in the United States can call or text 988. And Oscar's correct there. And I wanted to throw out a couple of these for our Canadian listeners. Now, uh, I try to do a bit of research about this for U.S. listeners. Unfortunately, I don't really... Uh, so, we have 988, and then I kind of didn't know which one was the correct one, especially when it goes state by state. So, I'll just say... For, which one's
0: in that Logic song? There's that Logic song. Oh, yeah. The song just the, the phone number. The, Look up the, the, the Logic uh, mental health song. And there you go.
1: The, 1-8, the 1-800-something or other. Mm. Um, so, just a couple of quick ones here for any of our Canadian listeners. Uh, first of all... Uh, There is a hotline you can call called Talk Suicide Canada. It's 1-833-456-4566. If you want to connect one-on-one with a mental health professional, you can call Wellness Together Canada. It's 1-888-668-6810 or text wellness to 686868 for youth. If you're in the adult category like us, Call 1-866-585-0445 or text wellness to 741-741. And finally, if you are on the youth sides of things, from ages 5 to 29 here in Canada, you can still call Kids Help Phone, which I was very pleased to see. Kids Help Phone was very heavily advertised when I was in junior high, high school, and it is still around. In Canada, you can call 1-800-668-6868 or text CONNECT. To six eight six eight six eight, and I'll put all these in the description as well. And uh, coming here in Canada very soon in November of this year, we will be getting our own number for these types of services nine eight eight. So uh, that'll be in the future if you need help near the end of the year. But I, I I mean I found this very affecting, not just because and and thank you for the email, Oscar ends it by saying thank you again, have a wonderful kind of day. Um, especially because when I read it, I was also going through my own. Uh, episode slash melt meltdown, as I've come to refer to them as. As Lucas said, we ca- we try to keep things light here, so I'll sp- I'll spare you the details. But it does happen. Uh, to me, I'll speak for myself in saying that I do have my own struggles with various, uh, things going on in my brain, as I've alluded to. But it was a pick me up to read that from Oscar, and mm-hmm. I wanted to extend the courtesy that they extended to us. And to you, the listener, as well. We appreciate whenever we've been able to help you through a tough time in your life. But there's only so much that listening to your favorite podcast can do. It can help. But I would also encourage you to seek out professional help, and those are those phone numbers or text numbers are a quick and easy way to do so. At least if you're in Canada, there are also, I'm sure, plenty of services in the U.S. that can help you or wherever you may be listening from. So please consider doing that if you're in a bad place and need some help. And thank you, everybody, who emails into us on the regular, elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com, if you would like your email read on the air. Uh, Speaking of reading on the air, I'm going to read some names here, and those are the names of our patrons at patreon.com slash elwoodcitylimits, who uh, pay what they want for hundreds of hours of content over there, including podcasts, videos, and and more. People such as Light Relentless and John Griswold, Ross Ward and Kevin Noon, Muppet Baby Cat and Marlo Stanfield, Andrew Power, Lily W and Ursula Cat. Thank you to Bob Yee, to Kelly Corbett, to Casey Cosmos. Thank you to RG and Alex K. Thank you as well to Emma and Jenny Cardenas. And to Alonso Espinoza, among many, many others. If you haven't heard your name in a while, just let us know on Patreon, on Discord, or more. Of course, you have a new episode of For the Kids, a PBS Kids podcast, where we are talking about Peep and the Big Wide World that's available to all patrons now. And we have ECL Origins coming up in just a couple of weeks. But right now, what you also get access to is you get every Elwood City Limits episode a week early, and it's time to continue going through season 17. We did a little bit of a did a little bit of a, a bit of a groan when we read these off last time. We're starting out with Adventures in Buddylon. He pronounced this in the show. Was it cuz I, I remember reading this and it's like I thought it was like Bud-Jalon. but it's like it's meant to be like no, Babylon. No. So Budelon, Buddy Budelon, Buddylon, I think.
0: But Buddylon. Yeah, cuz it's Bud and then the Elon from Babylon. So, yes. battle on. It's a little imperfect, much like
1: perhaps the characters of Bud and Ladonna themselves. Sure, it's time for us to see if they <laughs> if they've made any sort of impact on us or continue to. We all we get a cold open here where DW is instructing us what we need to watch today's episode of Arthur. Which, frankly, we've been flying without rules in terms of how we watch Arthur for years now, and maybe we've been doing it all wrong. Typically. I watch mine in the morning, maybe with a bit of breakfast, uh, and maybe even sometimes in a hurry. So I think I've actually been leaving out one or two of these steps. Uh, she even has a, a, a diagram of what we should be watching on. So the three things that you need are a TV, someplace to sit, and something to munch on. Now this is D- Now, this is DW's diagram, but she's very quickly amended by Bud, who says, well... What if you what if I had to stop myself from doing the bud voice? It's so easy to slip into. But uh, I've been I've been asked on this podcast to 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 keep it to cool it on the bud voice.
0: Well, I'm not saying no bud voice, but you definitely got to pick your spot. I do.
1: And I I don't want to I don't want to waste it here. So he's you know, you might not be watching it on TV. Maybe you're watching Arthur on a computer or on a phone, which is very uh, recognizant of the times we live in. Someplace to sit. that's true. I felt
0: called out by Bud. (laughs) I was like, Bud, are you scolding me for watching Illegal Torrents of Arthur?
1: Well, well, (laughs) Lucas, I think you'll find that every way that we watch uh, PBS (laughs) programming is completely above board. (laughs) What are you talking about? And he also talks about uh, things to eat. Yeah, that's what else he was talking about. Something to munch on. So DW uh, has a picture of pretzels, which Bud says is boring, which... Come on, man, I'm trying to like you. Uh maybe maybe instead have crawfish poppers. Because they're, or- they're from New Orleans.
0: Yeah, Louisiana. I at what point does Bud become like a stereotype? Like it's crazy <laughs> that everything has to be about Nolans. You know what I mean? <laughs> like like imagine it like if an Arthur character's from Philadelphia, they're not all constantly talking about cheesesteak, but Bud's gotta get it in about his, you know, his gumbo or whatever he's cooking up.
1: Um, I don't know crawdads. Yeah, yeah. crawfish poppers? Sure. And he attacks on two more. He says you also need a toy dinosaur who's also your imaginary friend, which is your favorite character, Lucas Rapti's back.
0: Yeah, yeah. The the worst the the final <laughs> pick on the imaginary friend roster, as far as I'm concerned.
1: And your four houses down neighbor, as he says about D.W., which I forgot that. Arthur and LaDonna's families live so close together. The end of, they end up the cold opening. They got all this stuff. They're ready to watch Arthur. I'm, I'm trying to find a way to describe this. DW says Bud Thompson. even watching TV with you is an adventure. It's like... You remember those... I, I feel like it's one of those commercials you would watch for a cartoon in let's say the 90s or perhaps the 2000s where it's like... There isn't really a hook. It's just that the main character has a big personality and it's just like you I could even see this in the commercial if this show was all about bud it'd be like even watching TV with you is an adventure whoa <laughs> even though it's like nothing's really happening they just like yeah. just do stuff you know one one of the slice of life cartoons of the 90s or yeah. 2000s where it's like nothing really happens but they just have big imaginations or something anyway it was just a very it felt out of place. It felt like they were trying to... It, this, it felt like they were trying to give me, like, the Bud Compson backdoor pilot. I don't know. It just struck I me mean, weird.
0: I mean, this might be a better introduction to the character uh, than um, the one that actually does introduce him. I remember him being pretty annoying at that one, and I feel like... Uh, I don't want to you know give my review of this whole episode, but Bud is better when he's paired with D.W., um, I think your criticism is totally valid, though, that it's just like this starts to feel like Elwood City is a sleepy town, just like yours, where nothing happens except Bud's from Louisiana, and he's got a <laughs> crazy imagination.
1: So, yeah, like what's with Bud, or like a, a show like that, or yeah, it, it's eh. anyway. It it, it does. It, you're you're really trying to sell me strong on the Compsons here, and it's just like, all right, well, give 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 him time. Maybe I'll warm up to him. So the idea here is that LaDonna and Arthur are making a diorama for school. They're making a diorama about a woman named Annie Smith Peck, who is a real person. And I did, you know, cursory. I was going to ask. You did the the pre-Lucas ask of, (laughs) uh, Will, is this a real person? Annie Smith Peck was a real person. She was a mountaineer. As they say in the episode, she was one of the first women to climb the Matterhorn. And the northern peak of the Cordillera Blanca Mountain in Peru was named in her honor Cumbre Anya Peck, and she, mountain climbing was, mountaineering was one of her big claims to fame. She became very well known for it. She climbed mountains into her 80s, so it was truly a big part of her life. She was also a teacher. Uh, she was a suffragette. She was an advocate for airplane travel to South America. Um, she was honored by kind of promoting tourism to South America, and especially through her mountaineering and she wrote two books about her experiences. Seems like she lived a really cool life uh, doing what she loved doing. So very I very much appreciate when a PBS Kids show, especially Arthur, gives us some of the more, I guess, little-known historical figures. Annie Smith Peck I certainly didn't know about before this episode. And you might not know unless you're particularly interested in mountaineering, maybe, or uh, women-slash-feminist history. Uh, which, not that I'm not interested in that, I'm just, I'm not as knowledgeable about it. So, this was a cool opportunity to learn. So, they're making this diorama, and the diorama is of her climbing a mountain in Peru called Huascaran. I might have mispronounced that. LaDonna and DW are being a bit annoying. Uh, one of them throws Rapti into the diorama. And so, LaDonna encourages them to use their imaginations in the backyard to, which even they can tell is code for "stop bothering us." But they decide to do it. They go on an imaginary adventure in the backyard. They find a mountain without a name, and they argue about the name. Is it going to be Mount Bud or is it going to be Mount DW? And I will say they eventually decide that the whole land that they're in is called Budilon. I keep wanting like Babylon has like a soft Y, but I think it more is Buddylon. Or Budulon. Or, or something. I, I I thought I had committed Bud-topia. the pronunciation of memory. Yeah.
0: Buddy stan.
1: That makes the mountain Mount DW within Bud Alon. So she got it, like it sounds like I'm saying a alon. And I'm like, I'm not. I'm really not trying to make fun of the kid. Um Yeah, so Mount D W inside. It's like, like an, an alien.
0: alien. I am Budulon. No. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Bud <laughs> Budulon. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I don't know. So they are on this imaginary adventure. They eventually decide that they want to camp out back. They they just want to pitch a tent and camp out all night. To which Ladonna and Arthur are like, "Well, we didn't want them to get that into the adventure." Arthur at one point says, "You can take the first shift to Ladonna," and I'm like, "You're not staying up all night. This isn't like you know the fellowship watching for." Spies of Saruman or something. So hopefully they don't have to stay up all night to watch them.
0: And it brings it that level of danger, though. You have a childhood sleepover. Um, that's. It, it's funny how novel staying up, uh, staying up past uh, midnight is back. Especially at at you know what is DW four at this yeah. age. It's so exciting, and yeah, you feel like you're getting away with something. Nowadays, if I'm staying up past uh, midnight, I've made a grave <laughs> mistake.
1: Yeah, the only reason why I'm doing that is that time got away from me while I was watching Instagram Reels in bed with my wife, and mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, we we made a mistake, and uh, yeah, it, I'm not I'm not I'm not proud to say that I watched Instagram Reels, but it's soft, well, first it's, up, it's, is it's soft, it's soft problem. TikTok, and
0: uh, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> there's a lot of back and forth between Bud and DW about what exactly is in the imaginary world and what is where. But at one point says that they have an ancient burial ground. and D.W. vehemently denies this because there's no ghosts in this imaginary world. So they do end up pitching a tent out back and they camp out and everything. Like they're having a really good time with all this all this imagination, figuring out where everything is. But they're spooked by a raccoon and the raccoon steals their sandwiches. So Arthur leaves because he's going to go to Buster's to get a Horse figurine for the diorama, and Ladonna gets stuck inside watching a show called Extreme Kite Flying, and she seems to be very wrapped up in the Extreme Kite Flyer, whose name is Tex Buttery, who is uh, sort of flying like a kite Bear on a cliff. grills type. Yeah, uh, he's he's like flying a kite on a cliff. No. Uh, input as to what he's drinking if he truly is a Bear Grills type in that way but uh, but uh, is also so she's not really watching them this whole raccoon thing goes goes down on her watch while Arthur's spending what seems to be hours at Buster's place just poring over his collection of horse toys and he's like looking at a horse and like is this going to be good uh, show me the llama again maybe that'll work and he's just really going over this with a fine tooth comb um, Bud is the one of the two Between him and DW Who apparently has a lot of experience camping And so when something like this happens DW tries to lean on him But Bud has been camping before But it's actually more like glamping Because he's been camping in his family's RV So not exactly roughing it in the woods style
0: uh, Exactly Bear Grylls himself <laughs> Would would not be pleased with Bud's claim That he's actually been camping
1: they also get into something that I found very interesting as a longtime Arthur viewer. I feel like we've talked about this many, maybe not many times, but at least a few times. So variants on the game Crazy Eights. Um, at one point, they want they're going to play Crazy Eights. Bud suggests Crazy Nines, which is even crazier. And it's just like okay, is, uh, is, okay, I I got to look this
0: up. Do they play crazy? I'm going to assume no. Do they play Crazy Nines in Louisiana? Because
1: If you look up Crazy Nines, the first hit, at least on my Google, was for the Arthur wiki and this episode. So it's surely an invention. What it made me think of is, do you remember in the original camping episode in season one when they camped out in Arthur's backyard and Buster suggested they play sloppy sixes?
0: Is that real too? Sloppy sixes. I
1: forget. Like we de- that's
0: a, that sounds like that should be on one of those other podcasts I was talking <laughs> about earlier. We
1: definitely uh, we definitely looked it up at the time, and you could probably go back to that episode from our first season. But it's just there have been a couple of instances on Arthur where we do like. Name brand variations of Crazy Eights. So we've got Crazy Eights, Crazy Nines, and Sloppy Sixes, and there might even be one that I'm forgetting. Please let us know if I'm if I'm forgetting one here. But uh... so
0: I'm seeing a post on the Muppet Central forums. Okay. uh, From 2009, is Sloppy Sixes a real game? (laughs) And then the other post I found was from some sort of website called Elwood City Central dot create a com, but i'm actually not going to go to that website because when i click it it says deceptive site ahead Ooh. attackers on elwood city <laughs> central dot weebly.com may trick you into doing something dangerous like installing software or revealing your personal information so shooters on deck uh, on elwood avoid... city
1: pro boards or whatever
0: yeah yeah i would avoid that website there's only room for one elwood city in this uh here town partner and that's me and will and don't worry. Me and Will will only try and compel you to pay into the Patreon. We will never uh, try and make you download illicit software.
1: And that's pay what you want, by the way.
0: Exactly. Exactly. We give
1: you. We we encourage you to pay, but we don't tell mm. you how much. We we basically mm. close mm. our eyes and trust that you pay at least a dollar or whatever it is equivalent <laughs> in your in your currency.
0: Two kroner, my way, please.
1: <laughs> they get spooked by this raccoon. They're tempted to go back inside, but they. Decide to stake it out, to really stick to the spirit of what they're doing. And then, of course, right then it begins to rain. They get inside the tent. Now, Lucas, I think you have more camping experience than I do. We, I'm I'm certain we've talked about this in the past, where I believe you have been camping before as, as a kid and as a young man. I have been camping once and absolutely hated it and never want to again. So I have a question for you. <laughs> Bud says here... If you touch a tent in the rain, it leaks. And so DW, it's raining outside. DW touches the roof, and then it begins to leak. Is that true? So it's like water
0: pools on the roof. So if mm-hmm. you mess with the roof too much, the water's all going to come down. And, like, you you definitely should not be touching the sides of the tent. Like, you're playing with fire. But I don't know if it's a, necessarily a guarantee the way that Bud is describing it. I'll just say, though, like... Being in a tent in general, you're going to get wet no matter what. Yeah. Even if it's not raining from the condensation, that's kind of... I, I, you know, have very fond memories of camping when I was a kid. Uh, I, I The times I've done it recently as an adult, it's been equally fun. But I think my number one most disliked aspect of camping is that when you wake up and you touch the ceiling of the tent and it's just, like, wet from your own breathing, that's kind of nasty.
1: Yeah. The one experience I have of sleeping in a tent was, like, it rained and misted overnight and I left my clothes in the corner and they got wet and those were the clothes I needed for that day. It's just, it's a thoroughly terrible memory of the one time I went on the the Dukes of Edinburgh hike uh, to get my friggin' medal or whatever it was and uh, yeah, it was one of the worst times of my life. Uh, Which, you know what, if I can say that, I've had a pretty good life. The tent begins to leak, the are in a bit a bit of a spot of bother, but they make a makeshift device really that it's just a way for to hold up the umbrella that they brought with them because earlier DW goes over all the stuff that they brought so sandwiches, flashlight, umbrella, all this other stuff. They find a way to stave off the rain with this makeshift device. Arthur comes back, Ladonna realizes they haven't checked on either of them and they find them. they're okay, they're relatively dry. They've figured out the problem. And then Arthur and LaDonna just curl up next to them and fall asleep and wake up the next morning. They, uh, Bud and DW are very much enthused about what they've been doing. Arthur and LaDonna have slept very roughly. And this was, I spent the weekend at a friend's place taking care of their dog, who you may have seen that dog mm, uh, mm. on the Discord. And it's truly, I don't believe theres they did anything wrong. It's just purely you're sleeping in a bed that you are like, and this is also a me thing of like sleeping in an unfamiliar bed is a, is a roll of the dice every time, no matter what, even if it's like a hotel bed. And this is just like, I don't know how these people sleep like this with like a thinner mattress than mine, different pillows. And I like, I was also like LaDonna and Arthur waking up like, Ooh, ow, ah," just aching, uh, in all the places you ache, uh, when you sleep in an unfamiliar bed. So I felt this, I felt this very much. And now a word from us kids.
0: And now a word from us kids.
1: uh, I don't have too much to dwell on this about. It's the beaver summer programs, which is a summer camp. And today (laughs) their thing for when the cameras are following them is they are exploring outside to find different things, which includes trees, moss, leaves a caterpillar later they find a slug do you think this was a counselor has a hangover activity
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know i was a volunteer camp counselor for a spill and i think it's all about it's it's all about this engaging uh but i kind of like this this had me nostalgic this had me being like yeah it's getting warmer summer camp days I'll also use this as an opportunity, a little bit of local flavor. We are a Halifax podcast, as we're so proud to uh, always talk about. Yes. Have you ever heard about um, the giant, um, uh, I think it's Halifax slugs? I think the giant slugs are on the Halifax side, and the small slugs are on the Dartmouth side. I might have it reversed, though. No, So never. It, it, uh, for those of the uninitiated, Halifax has it's like sister town. That's technically part of the same municipality. It's much more residential, called Dartmouth, which is where you're uh, from. If you're, it's where I'm from. It's, if you're in Montreal, it's basically the Laval. If you're from, um, you know, New York, it's Queens. Mm. Whatever. Um, if you're from Manhattan, it's Queens rather. Anyway, on one side of the harbor, there's like giant slugs, and on the other side of the harbor, they're smaller. And it's like, what's going on with that? Okay, what's what's I that's just one of the great mysteries of Halifax. Um, if anybody knows anything about slugs, if you could please write it and tell me, uh, this slug that they show here in this "A Word from Us Kids" segment looks like a Halifax slug because this thing looks friggin' huge.
1: I, I've genuinely never heard of this before. I don't even know, maybe like maybe at least once in my life, but I don't recall seeing too many. Uh, slugs around here I'm from I'm from Halifax so it's uh, but then again I don't get you out there you much. gotta wait
0: for the day after it rains mm. keep an eye out for them the day after it rains okay
1: I will and if I if I see a Halifax slug, I'll take a look at it and I'll eyeball it and see if uh, I can figure out exactly its its size what we're dealing with here what, uh, if, if, if I might if I might ask um how old were you when you were a volunteer camp counselor? Oh my goodness! Like sixteen, I think. Okay, I can see you being a really fun camp counselor, like especially with the <laughs> with the exuberance and uh, energy mm-hmm. of youth. That was that was probably yeah. some fun times for those kids.
0: I got youth pastor energy, you know. <laughs> I could uh, turn turn that chair around and start talking about, uh, you know. Why the original rock star? You know, the original you know uh, superstar was probably uh, (laughs) JC, the big man upstairs. So I think, yeah, I uh, I I I appreciate you saying so. Well,
1: I think that does you disservice. I think there's a bit of negativity (laughs) with youth pastor energy. I I camp counselor energy, I think, suits you a lot better. It uh, puts over your your enthusiasm and your natural energy. So and your engaging personality, whereas youth pastor energy that can. That can go from insult to compliment on a dime uh, in terms of how you present yourself. Supporting this podcast is how it keeps going, and it's very easy to do, so here's how you can do that. If you're listening to this show and want to get the full back catalog of Elwood City Limits and all of its sister shows and offshoots, you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and even more services. You can also go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Elwood City Limits, for the full back catalog. If we aren't on a service you use, please let us know. You can interact with us on social media. We're on Twitter, at ECL Podcast, Instagram, at Elwood City Limits and twitch.tv slash Elwood City Limits pod for our occasional streams. We're also on Facebook and Tumblr. Feel free to reach out to us on social media or you can email us and your email might be right on the show, elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. Finally, for exclusive content including entire side series like For the Kids, a PBS Kids podcast, and ECL Origins, subscribe to us for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash elwoodcitylimits. That's all for now. Thanks a lot for listening, and now back to the show. And now, it's it's right in the title. Well, actually, it's right in the title for both of these, but this one is even more in the title. This is LaDonna Compson, Party Animal. Quick note I wanted to make about this. We don't usually do a lot of behind-the-scenes things because I usually forget to, and I didn't start doing that in season one, and it's too late to start now, but I do like to note little things here and there, such as that this episode, the writer of this episode, only wrote one episode for Arthur, and it is this one. Uh, One-time show writer... Her name is Marín Gazzaniga, and she is primarily known as a writer for The Young and The Restless. Did uh, over 80 episodes of that soap opera. So in this cold open, LaDonna is demonstrating having a lot of things on your plate, a lot of things to juggle, by juggling a lot of apples. So she's, you know, juggling two apples, and then a character comes on screen and invites her to something, and now she's got three. And another character comes on and invites her to four, and then uh, uh, Arthur's like, "Hey, I thought you were going to teach me how to juggle." And then it's five, and then Bud comes on and he says, "I didn't even know you knew how to juggle." And then that causes everything to fall down, which he wanted to do because he was hungry, and he steals an apple. We need more of the harmonica light motif for the Compsons. Mm. There was when Bud came on, there was a real nice like, you know, he did the thing where the apples dropped, and he's like, "I was just hungry." I want more of that. We need more harmonica in this music because we've been dealing with a lot of the 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 same Arthur Stock tracks, which are all good. We, we, we love them. But please, more harmonica in the show's music. This whole episode is about the idea that LaDonna is overcommitting to too many activities. She says yes to a lot of things. And at first, it seems pretty cut and dry. But... Where it ends up, I find a bit more interesting. So, at this point, very early on, for uh, these are the things that you, LaDonna says yes to. Uh, Fern has a autumn craft class on Saturday, and they're going to be making gourd people, which LaDonna takes to mean that she would be making some kind of franken- Frankenstein out of uh, gourds and legumes. So, she is interested right away and says yes. Then... Muffy invites her to apple picking, and it's followed by a harvest hayride. And I chuckled at Muffy referring to increasing their apple yield <laughs> in terms of how many apples they're getting. I'm just like we need, yeah. we need to up our yield from last year. It's like she has to report it to Chairman Mao or something. Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> and finally, Binky sort of forcibly invites Ladonna to the rake and bake fundraiser, which. Speaking of a little blue, just like, oh, careful there. Kids might pick up what you're saying there, rake and bake. Uh, it's a fundraiser for the animal shelter, and he volunteers LaDonna, sort of, like, she's interested in it, but he then he's like, great, you can bake a pie. And she's like, I I guess. i got to say, immediately, the idea of having too much on one's plate, that's actually something I'm dealing with right now. And it's, I, I mean, I think a lot of people deal with this on a regular basis, but this is a good lesson to be learned at any age. I think it's very easy to overcommit oneself and to overestimate your abilities to hand, like, especially if I'll I'll say, if you're like me, if you're more on the introverted side and if you have a finite amount of energy for tasks or activities that bring you out to the world or in front of people, it's like, it can be hard and take a long time to recognize that you only have so much battery for that bandwidth for that sort of for that sort of thing
0: especially when it's not things you're being compelled to do right like so for instance like everybody knows about time management when it comes to school or for work but this is more of time management for things that you kind of would want to say yes to everything but you simply cannot for your own well-being
1: right and with time management with your entire life i mean we've covered that as early as like the second episode of the show where mr ratburn uh, he's a teacher, a coach, he works on the school paper, and it's even, even then it was about how to organize your time. This is all the stuff LaDonna wants to do, and there, it's funny how oftentimes the things that you want to do end up kind of sneakily chipping away at the time you have, and you end up either overcommitting yourself or just wanting to do more than you actually physically can And this is the problem that she finds herself in. She's even trying to create a schedule, and she sets it to her watch. So on the Saturday where these are all happening, LaDonna is constantly on the way to other activities, which every time you hear her watch alarm, that means she's got to go somewhere. She tries to create a gourd person. Fern's gourd is uh, very detailed. Uh, Fern is a big fan of fall, which I thought they were going to go in the direction of like, oh, Fern loves Halloween, but it's like, no, she just kind of likes the fall. She does scrapbooks of leaves and stuff like that. So I think she, I'm sure she loves Halloween as well, but it seems she really likes the entire season and her gourd person, whose name is Lady Camel, I think it is. Uh, something like that is uh very very detailed and ornate, whereas Ladonna's gourd person, whose name is Frank, <laughs> is sort of a mishmash and not completely mm. thought out. Uh, because she only well, has so one much might time. say
0: Frank. One might say Frank's a little esoteric looking as far as gourd people are concerned. Yeah. Um, Also kind of weird that his mouth is a pickle and his eyes are olives. Like, wouldn't those... (laughs) Those don't keep the same way, like, a gourd does. (laughs)
1: Anyway. That's very... That's actually a very good point. I didn't even notice that. Uh, She goes off to... She has to run off with her sort of half-finished gourd idea to the apple picking, uh, which she also has to stop before even the hayride starts. They mention here, you know, there's all kinds... This is a very folly episode, so I'm not exactly... I'm not ready for it to be fall yet. We're still into spring and getting getting into summer soon, so I'm not in that mood yet. But I love the fall, and you get all all the staples here. You get the leaves, you get the fashion, you get all that apples. I have a hot take though. Muffy mentioned this at some point. I don't like candy apples, and I I don't know if
0: that's a hot take. I feel like candy apples are like one of those things that are from before they invented good candy, like candy corn, right? Okay,
1: <laughs> I feel like that... What, you
0: like candy corn? No,
1: no, no, oh, okay. I, I I thought you were saying you okay. like candy corn.
0: No, 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 I'm saying candy corn is like from a before time, like like candy corn to me feels like Dickensian candy, uh, before we actually got this the crazy cornstarch and chemicals that we need to make good
1: candy, uh, like Lemonheads. I will say that I don't mind candy corn, I would just never choose it. It's like if it was in a Halloween bag, it's like, alright, well... I'll eat it, but you know
0: what? You know what, Will? I'm gonna keep it a buck with you. I'm gonna put all my cards on the table. I don't think I've ever had a candy apple.
1: I'm gonna keep it. 100. Really? I
0: think I don't think I have.
1: It 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 took me a long time before I had one. In fact, I think I had one. It might have been when we were working at the radio station, maybe, or like within the last few years. I just remember having it. It's kind of this is this is a uh, this is a term that I'm seeing used a lot. Uh, in the last couple of days, you ever you ever hear like a, a word or a phrase that kind of worms its way into your brain, and then you kind of hear it everywhere? Candy apple yes. is uh, juice that is not worth the squeeze.
0: Mmm, mm, I see what you're saying. It's
1: very much, you get the candy all over your teeth, and I can't really enjoy it. And then I'm concentrating too much, I'm like, ah, oh, my teeth feel weird, I don't like it. So... <laughs> Yeah, not a fan of candy. Perhaps the
0: candy and the apple would be better separate than together. Oh,
1: give me an apple any day. That's a preferred fruit of mine. I love apples. I love candy, just not together. It's, you know, there's a couple of those combinations where it's just like, I would just rather have these separately if you don't mind. So LaDonna has to rush off from the apple picking to the next thing, which she has to hurriedly make an apple pie. She makes the apple pie and she has enough time to clean up because she made a big mess. She comes back and Bud... Listen, I know that I'll speak for myself here. I'm easier on DW for things like what Bud oh. does here. So I oh want to ag- I want to acknowledge I may be being unfair because he, Bud does not have 17 seasons of grace built up for him. What happens is that there's a big bite <laughs> taken out of LaDonna's pie, and both Bud and Rapti have apple pie all over their faces, and Bud's like... He's a pie of He did it. I reacted very negatively to this. And not to yes. say, like, I wasn't screaming at the screen or something. I was just like, oh, fr- come on. Like, just got angrier at this little child than I should have. So... Yeah, I just want now, I want to. Will, own up to you're
0: that. not alone. <laughs> you're not alone. Um I I think that says something about this sequence that we both had pretty much the exact same thought. Right. Where I immediately contrasted Bud's behavior with D W and I was like, Oh, I kinda get how all these DW haters feel right now. Yeah, because I suppose, yeah. There's and perhaps it's because we don't know and love Bud the same way. Uh, I think a significant part of it is his annoying voice. <laughs> his, I, it, his fake Louisiana accent uh, it, is probably uh, making it go down way less smoothly. I'll also say this. this is Now the time that we're, we're getting our Bud hate out. I'm just paused on this frame here of Bud with his pile over his face. Bud is not dressing, okay? Bud's fit is kind of trash. <laughs>
1: um
0: like at least DW could put a fit together, okay? The DW pig dress is iconic yes. with the, the Peter Pan collar, it's a good look. What the heck has Bud got on right now? He's got a neon green shirt, okay? The grade school boy classic, I get it. Oh, yes. Like it's if it he uh, but then he's got a blue vest over that, and then his like his classic hat, he's wearing it indoors. With the flaps. The ear flaps, That, by the way, he does not have ears on the side of his head. He's got holes in the top of his hat. This might be one of the most impractical hats. The longer I'm looking at it, the more it's making me mad. <laughs> the, the, the ears are coming out the top. Why does he need ear flaps? Anyway.
1: I will say that Bud's hat is so impractical to the point that <laughs> I'm almost willing to excuse it because it seems like it might just be a comfort item more than anything. So...
0: Oh, like the little girl from the movie uh, 2012. Do you remember that? She always had to wear a hat. Do you remember 2012 with John Cusack? I
1: remember the movie. I've the... definitely seen it once, but I did not remember that the little girl has a comfort hat.
0: <laughs> the Roland Emmerich classic coming up on 11 years. Wow. Anyway, the March of Time will.
1: Bud seems like the type of person who would believe the world would end in 2012.
0: <laughs> the world gonna end <laughs> the Biden the calendar <laughs> except he wouldn't say it was the Biden calendar he would say it was uh, an ancient Louisiana folk tale that the world's gonna end in 2012 I heard it on the bayou
1: my sister told me
0: <laughs> I, I
1: she made it did. up
0: Another thing I thought about during this is that I'm actually warming up to LaDonna a little bit. Okay. This episode, I think, makes good use of LaDonna. She's not, and her her accent's not as annoying as Bud. She kind of fits in with the crew. She's a strong female character. I think between LaDonna and Bud, my LaDonna stock is right rising ever so slightly. Uh, my Bud stock remains on the ground floor, I
1: think. Yeah, Bud started off quite low in my esteem from when we were watching the Arthur uh one hour specials Ladonna sort of was a bit of a flat line in those and yeah I think I think rising slightly might be it especially when we get to the end of the episode which we're, which we're getting to um at the rake and bake it's all about they're raking up leaves in Mrs. Tibble's yard and then they're going to be and they're also selling baked goods Ladonna has her leaf pile for some reason she loses a single leaf off the top, and she chases it around the yard. She even walks through Sue Ellen's leaf pile to get this. What happened? What's up with this leaf? Also, this as, as I said, this is on the Tibbles' property. While LaDonna is busy chasing this leaf, when you know it, the Tibble twins jump into her leaf pile. Nobody thought to, like, muzzle them or tie them up to a post or something before we made a bunch of leaf piles which are universally at any age tempting to jump into like no thought was put into that this is a good throwback to um a season one episode
0: remember when arthur was raking this leaf pile to get the moon boots
1: yes yeah Um, i mean that's um, canonically mrs tibble's yard has a lot of leaves because there's a lot of trees there
0: Which I feel like the science has changed, or at least the public uh, consensus on raking leaves. Like, don't people not... I know some people still do it, but isn't raking leaves, like... um, It's like people who don't have a biodiverse lawn. Like, isn't it actually just not a big deal to leave all your leaves on the ground and you you kind of are supposed to? Anyway, that's Uh, neither here nor there.
1: I think I know what you mean. uh, It's especially, like... I feel like the common wisdom is when you're talking about something like mowing the lawn, like leave your lawn clippings on there is what I'm to understand is the common thing now. When it comes to raking leaves, I mean, I think it it all depends on like what you want personally in your yard because, you know, when I, when I lived in a house, raking leaves was the big fall activity. But maybe there is something to leaving it in your garden area or lawn or something to that effect that is more environmentally friendly. I'm not sure the end of the day, she gets to do everything except she runs herself ragged. She is completely dead asleep by the end of the day. And she has a dream that night that all of her friends hate her and do fun things without her. She's just like me for real. She thinks her friends hate her and have fun without her. Uh, but the, specifically because she went to everything, but she didn't stick around. So she, they all go on this hayride without her. And if that wasn't bad enough in the dream, she's bo- she's bothered and swept up in a leaf tornado. And then a giant version of her gourd person attacks her and she wakes up in in fright. So not only is her anxiety social, but it's a, a danger to her physical life in her dream as well. This leads us to the end of the episode where LaDonna is worried that everybody that her friends are mad at her. Arthur is waiting for her on the steps of her house and she expects him to be mad that she left the rake and bake early or that she just didn't commit her whole time to it but no arthur just wants to take a walk with her and we do get a little bit more into her character here as they are going on a walk Ladonna says that she agreed to do everything even though it wasn't in her best interest because she wants everyone to like her she doesn't go too far into it beyond that but she does explicitly say that she did all this because she wants everybody to like her. But Arthur counters by saying that everyone invited her to their favorite events because they all want to make her first fall season uh, very special. As she says earlier in the episode, she's never really seen fall before. She's a little bit of a Sue Ellen thing, where Sue Ellen didn't really see snow uh, until she lived in Elwood City. So very much in the same way, LaDonna never saw a proper Canadian Eastern United States autumn season until Elwood City. So they all wanted to make it special for her, which is consistent with how she's been characterized so far. When we first saw her, the reason that she had that whole thing where she was telling tall tales and spinning stories is that she wanted everybody to like her. So that seems to be her consistent anxiety. As much Mm. as we picked up on it in other characters, like, Arthur is often insecure about his maturity. Uh, the brain is insecure about his intelligence. There's all there's there are telling insecurities that have evolved over years and years and emphasized or de-emphasized. With Ladonna, it is that she wants to be everybody's friend and she wants everybody to like her, which is a very not only consistent with her character, it's very relatable. Like I, <laughs> I have that same feeling as well. So I can see how you're saying that. She's rising a bit in your esteem.
0: This is also a good opportunity for them to actually, you know, Arthur characters are usually pretty permanent in their kind of status within the friend group and their mentality. Um, But as LaDonna becomes, you know, she's not the new person on the block anymore and she's just an integrated part of the group. This is an opportunity to actually have a rare kind of arc to a character throughout some uh, multiple episodes. So that's exciting to see as well. Yeah,
1: and I hope that we continue on with it. This was the big feature, at least in season 17, and they've had their own episodes so far too, of the Constant family, of LaDonna and Bud. So with Adventures in Buddy Lawn, Lucas, we've said that Bud is not exactly our favorite character. Did this improve? Did did, Did this improve his standing? Did it not? What did you think of it in general?
0: So I thought it was pretty mid. Um, like the episode itself is totally fine. I think it's mostly carried by, carried by DW. It's because I like DW and mm-hmm. watching DW and Bud use their imagination isn't the, like it didn't bore me. There was nothing bad about it. Um, but Bud is certainly not a strong element in the episode and I think it's just mostly forgettable if anything else.
1: I agree. There's not really a whole lot to say about it. It's very much in we We talked about last week about how the dog and baby episodes often feel like Rugrats. This in the same way, I maybe i'm maybe I'm projecting a little bit here, but like it almost feels a bit like a show like sticking around. there's i i I mentioned earlier that it's like all oh, those shows where, you know, it's all about them using their imagination. And Arthur can be that show, but it is a little weird when, it took me out of it a little bit, of just like this isn't normally what Arthur is, and DW episodes are not quite the D and B episodes of Arthur. They are, they can be good, they can be fun, but sometimes they're not. They they vary wildly. This one was, as you said, mid, pretty middle of the road. I don't really have anything bad to say about it. I also didn't really care for it either. It just was kind of, it was just kind of there. All all things considered. Uh, I have a little bit more time for Ladonna Thompson party animal I didn't super duper love it I didn't even really especially like it I felt it was very simplistic in many ways it was almost um edu- like educational in the way that it was formatted of like Ladonna has this problem and then she learns that it's not mm. much of a problem so a little bit after school special yes 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 which is I think a little bit below what Arthur can shoot for. However, I will say that LaDonna came across well in the episode and it is, it's a big fall vibe episode. And I think that also helped my experience of it where I love the episodes that are very much a slice of the season that they're in. Arthur has all of these. And this is a real good one to add. If you have a fall Arthur playlist, I think that would be cool if you uh, separated Arthur episodes by season In terms of season of the year. And this is very much... It has everything. So it got me excited for fall 2023. Although, as I said, not super ready for it yet. So I think that this was an interesting opportunity to give a little bit more to LaDonna. Even though it didn't exactly improve uh, Bud at all. And if we're... if if the, the, The truth is that if we're going to like them more, we have to see more of them. So this was a step in the right direction and hopefully the next compson focused episodes will continue to be even stronger.
0: Uh, we are on the exact same page um, with both of these episodes, really the, the Donna uh, party animal, I think uh, it's one of those episodes where it's not quite greater than the sum of its parts so I think the morals really strong and like it's you said it resonated with you and I I think it resonated with me to an extent too that kind of juggling your social commitments you have to remember to always put yourself first and no one's gonna be a better advocate for you and I think that's a really uh, a, a great moral for an Arthur episode it fits the kind of nuanced morals we expect from Arthur but in the delivery it felt a little heavy-handed and like there's a moment at the end of the episode you know I was talking how it was a uh giving after school specials vibes there's a moment where arthur literally says that's why everyone invited you to their favorite fall activity and it just it didn't ring true (laughs) it felt like really forced and really like okay we're wrapping this up in this after school special bow it felt like saved by the bell or something um and usually even though arthur is intended for a much younger audience it's a little bit smarter than that in terms of kind of delivering its message so um I would also call this one mid. I did like it a little bit more than Adventures in Buddy Lawn, but neither of these episodes were particularly my cup of tea.
1: I do also want to add, as I said before, I liked the, I did like the message of this and it felt like it was speaking to me personally in my life right now. So, uh, I always give a little bit of extra, extra points for that. Well, we will continue on through season 17. It's, uh, a bit of an inauspicious start as far as getting, as I said last week, putting our vegetables first before hopefully we get to the main course here. And thank you for joining us as we continue on through Season 17 of Arthur. I'm sure there's plenty of great episodes to come, and we're looking forward to them all the same. Uh, remember, patreon.com slash Limits. as revealed on last week's episode, this month's episode of ECL Origins is is going to be Lucas and I talking about a favorite of ours from pre-teenhood slash childhood, depending on who you're talking to, and that is the Homestar one It's
0: homestarrunner.net. It's .com. I'm very excited (laughs) to talk about Homestar, Strong Bad, Strong Sad, The Cheat, um, the whole whole gosh darn gang, the Homestar universe. Uh, Yeah, it's not a cartoon, and guess what, folks? We talked about it last week. Me and Will could do whatever the heck we want on um, ECL Origins because it's our origins, it's our childhood, uh, and Homestar had a big place in both of our childhoods. So I'm excited to talk about it.
1: And you'd better believe that I'm gonna dust off all the voices I can do. Uh, which <laughs> which which review of them? I've got I've got a couple of Homestar related impressions under my belt. So if that's something you're interested in, definitely. But if not, please still listen to ECL Origins at the end of the month. I'm really excited to put together this Homestar episode, and I hope you are excited, too. I also hope you're excited for another episode of Elbert City Limits, which is coming at you very soon. Next time, we're going to look at Molina's Mulligan and Buster Bombs. So now we're getting back to the true main Arthur cast, although it seems that we're also going to be talking a little bit about the Molina family, who... We've been positive on in the past, and I would be interested to hear from again. So we're going to have to find out exactly what that means next time. And Lucas, you're right. It is a great time of year to be getting out and enjoying the weather. So I'm trying to take more walks. I'm trying to get a bit more of a sweat on. I'm trying to do a lot more to make sure that my my body and mind are in tip-top shape. And I certainly hope you, dear listener, are doing the same. But uh, thank you for reminding me of just how nice it can be around here at this time of year. And then I'll do it for Elwood City Limits. My name is Will Young, and for Lucas Mancini,
0: that boy is not Explorer material.
1: We'll see you next time.